Welcome in to Oklahoma Breakdown Offseason Edition. Matt Ravis, Jack Shields here from Crimson and Cream Machine, your source for all things OU football. Jack, it's been a, uh, for what's now officially an off period, it's been a pretty busy, pretty newsy week. For, I feel like uh, for I can't OU. leave my apartment. Like, I mean, I. I, I feel that way all I the time. I can't get in my car without, like, being paranoid about getting a notification of some sort. It's just, there's so many moving pieces right now. It's no way to live your life, Jack. It's not. I mean, I, I, I think I'm drinking too much coffee. My sleep schedule's all fucked. I don't Trust know me, what I I'm going to do. Yeah. I feel that. Well, um, we'll start with um, newsiest, times, timeliest, however you want to say that first. Uh, Kyler Murray, according to sources, will enter the NFL draft, will declare for it ahead of uh, Monday's deadline. So, um we talked to George Stoya about this a little bit later, so we'll scratch the surface here. But, Jack, what are your, um, I guess, just initial thoughts on this? Well, like, first of all, I'd like to say that I, like, I, I've been sort of, like, for the past few months, sort of, like, I guess, uh, clinging to this hot take. And we sort of went over this with George. And, I mean, obviously, over the last few weeks, this is uh, all crumbled, and I'm completely eating crow here. But uh, I was under the impression that he was, you know, sort of keeping this football thing open-ended just to sort of help his brand, sort of pull a little Bo Jackson thing here. But, uh, you know, it, the the football interest, it's obviously sincere at this point. So, and obviously he's someone who could make a ton of money in football. That's become readily apparent. So, I think you, I think you had it backwards. I think that you, you were right, but you had it backwards. I think that he was... Planning to do football all along, but was doing yeah. a baseball thing for the. Uh, but he's make no mistake. He's going to keep this thing open ended until like February when he officially like has to make a choice. It like, certainly benefits he, him from whether um, he wants to. Yeah, absolutely. I don't from blame a myth him. Standpoint, I mean, yeah. from an endorsement standpoint, you know, from he's a uh, story. All that. You know, I believe it's uh, it's in mid February when he has to report to uh, the A's camp. But uh, there's an overlap between A's camp and uh, the NFL Combine, so. He's obviously gonna have to make his decision known at that point. That's what it's looking like, at least. So, and if uh, he were, if he were a wide receiver, if he were a defensive back, if he were a running back, if he, he were just about any other position, I would say maybe the dude could split time. But the quarterback is just yeah, not one of those no, things where you can, you know, it, where I you mean, can have your attention like that. You no, know, we talked to George, and George is under the impression that he's going to give it a try, and I don't doubt that he's gonna give it a try at some point. But I just. What I see is more of, and of course this is utter speculation. I mean, I don't have any sources or anything like that telling me one thing or another, but um, I see football as plan A. If that doesn't work out in five, six years, if for whatever reason it's just not successful, he can always go back to baseball. I don't think it's That's the other That's easier w- said than done, but I mean, True. Like, I just don't think you know, he can going do it. five years without sitting in the batter's box. I don't think he can do that box. the I mean, other that's... way around, whereas, you know, he goes and... I don't think it's really feasible either way. Rides, around, bu- honestly, rides buses but... in double A and single A, and then six years later he's like, I want to be an NFL quarterback. Like, there's a reason that guys who are drafted younger, who have less miles on their body, tend to work out in the NFL. That's my point, so... Yeah. I, I um, It's interesting for sure. I... Don't know where Kyler Murray is going to get drafted. I think it's going to be in the first round, whether it's in the front half or the back half. It sounds like someone would take a chance on him in the first round, and I, I who could blame him? I mean, he has a, uh, you know, he might be short, but his arm talent is insane. I mean, and he's a, uh, he's sort of uh, with his wheels. He sort of, I guess, creates his own pocket. You can say. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm talking out of my ass, but I mean, he has magic on the uh, football field. I oh no, do... yeah, he's absolute magic, and I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things that he does much better than Baker Mayfield does, and not just with his legs; it's with his arm too. I mean, so it's uh, someone's going to take a chance on him, and someone is going to build that offense around him, and he's going to be very fun to watch, and I can't wait to, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> it is. Um... It is interesting to me, and I'm not not trying to um, rain on anybody's parade, not trying to burst a bubble or anything, but people compare Kyler Murray to Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield in terms of shorter quarterbacks. And, 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 and I say Baker Mason, Baker Mayfield, um, Drew Brees as well in terms of sort of shorter quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's a good two inches shorter than any of those dudes. I'd say he's about an inch shorter than Russell. Russell's is the Russell is the shortest of those guys that you mentioned who were the comps. But uh, yeah, I guess you can't really quite go on the listed but, you know, listed it, heights. They mess with those. They fudge those numbers. Height was, I mean, it's 
I've stood next to Kyler Murray. I'm not Murray saying and it doesn't matter, but I mean, oh no, sure. no, yeah, he and I are about eye to eye. Yeah, it's he's he's short, but like, uh, you know, it's he's clearly someone who can uh, who can sort of improvise a little bit, and someone who can sort of overcome that obstacle, and is sort of crafty enough to uh, overcome that obstacle. And a, and a clever offensive coordinator can put him in positions to where it doesn't matter quite as much that can sort of uh, mitigate those concerns as far as height's concerned. But uh, from a mold breaker standpoint, I want him to succeed so bad. I you absolutely know, apart from do all the too. fan stuff, like I want him to be the next evolution of football. Like yeah. that would be so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's happening. We will um, yeah, there's definitely keep there. you updated on that as if it's not blasted all over your yeah, Twitter feed. The, the, the world Kyler keeps Murray you updated anything, on so. that shit. So there um, you go. We'll move on to the second most newsworthy thing to happen this week, and I guess arguably the most newsworthy if you're talking about going forward, since Kyler Murray um, is not going to come back to Oklahoma and play football, um, despite what some people may tell you. It's not going to happen. Uh, Gil but, Brandt gave some people some hope, and Gil Brandt's a very smart guy and someone who doesn't throw out speculation just willy-nilly. So, sure. you know, if anyone else had said that, people would have been like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. But when Gil Brandt dropped that, it was kind of like no one – I don't think anyone legitimately thought it was going to happen, but it's sort of – when he says something like that, it's sort of – you sort of have to pause and think about it a little bit because he's – Sooner fans are an optimistic bunch too when He's, they see a speckle of, or you know a glimmer I suppose, of light. Yeah, they, there's yeah, but you know it's anyway not happening. So moving on. So <laughs> Alex Grinch though, um, defensive coordinator for Oklahoma. Speed D. Speed D. Which that phrase just I can we find something else please? <laughs> there's something about that that just, it sounds dirty. I yeah. don't want to say that out loud every time. I mean, we can we anyway. Speed so let's just, D. Yeah, I'm not. Do we have to bleep that out? We're not bleeping anything out. No, but no. If we're on the radio, we might have to bleep that out. Speed yeah, I don't. I, I mean, you hear about sexy D's all the time. Yeah, there People you go. like the sexy D. I don't know. I've never heard about the speed D before. So, but and, and George goes into this later on in the podcast. Guys flying around at the ball, uh, gang tackling. I like what I hear from that, and I like what I hear about a guy who works very hard, holds himself to a high standard, and holds his kids to a high standard as well. Yeah, and the one thing he mentioned was the. Uh, the culture change that he would be working to bring about, and that's something that obviously is clearly needed with this defense. So from that perspective, I mean, that's a very good fresh start and, you know, a breath of fresh air. So would you – like what what would you – I think it was a – if you had to rate it from 1 to 10, I'd, I'd give it a 9. It was a very good hire. Excellent. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I mean, outside of, and I, I don't have just like this encyclopedia of college football coaches, but outside of um, Golding from Alabama, Pete Golding from Alabama. This seems like a better fit than Golding, though. I mean, Golding would have been more exciting, and Golding is going to be a, a major name in coaching very soon. But at the same time, Grinch, uh, I think he's been paired with you know an air raid offense with Mike Leach before, so. I think he's someone who sort of knows how to manage that type of thing. So what are what are the odds we see? Like just a, I'm talking a marginal leap, like a I guess 25 percent better. In, you know, in terms of how highly ranked they are, wouldn't be like a marginal leap. But you know, that's not game changing by any means. Like, would you expect that kind of a, a leap from that defense next year, or well, or, or you, you think we're going to need a few years before we need to see that sort of leap? The fact that they're bringing back as much experience as they are, and the fact that you're going to be you know, I guess injecting new life into the defense, so to speak, hopefully. But, uh, and, you know, maybe a bit more of an aggressive philosophy. Maybe we won't see quite as many 10-yard cushions as we've been seeing the past few years. That'd be pretty cool. That would be very nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean. Some of it is recruiting, too. That helps. Oh, yeah, sure. and the recruiting's on the up and up, too. So, I mean, that's helping a lot. That probably has more to do with it, I would say. That, that has mean, a lot to do with it. It's not everything. I mean, like you said, yeah. you know, culture has a lot to do with it, too. And, you know, it's not like the defense OU was trotting out last year didn't have plenty of uh, four-star recruits on it. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's... They got bailed out by Kyler Murray a they lot did. this oh, year. They did. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, and they're like, not going to have that to fall back on next year. So if they want to make the playoffs, they're going to need that kind of a leap. They're not going to get like a top twenty-five defense in S and P plus or anything like that. But I mean, if you're top fifty, you're in pretty good shape, honestly. You know, 
at least relative to how it's been. So, and that's, you know, that's enough to where the offense doesn't feel that it has to score on every possession. And next year's offense, as good as I think it'll be, probably isn't an offense that's you can just bank on to score a touchdown on every possession like you seemingly could a year ago or the year before that or the year before that. So, Jack, if OU is in the top 25 in defense next year, people will be naming their babies Grinch. I'll, I'll, that will happen. I will have a child just for the purpose of naming a baby Grinch be if that happens. All right, I'm going to hold you to that. That's on record. I mean, I, I've got, I got some back. work to do there, but, yeah, we'll see. Some planning to do, Yeah, too. some planning, yeah. So, um, all right, I think that's going to do it for this portion of the podcast. We're going to move on and talk to our friend, our pal, George Stoya from the OU Daily. Great insight, as always. Appreciate him coming on. So, without further ado, next up, George Stoya. All right, now it is time to bring in friend of the show, been on here uh, once before. Always excited to have him on. George Doya, he is the sports editor of the OU Daily. You can find his work at OUDaily.com. Highly recommend you do that. And the other thing I highly recommend you do is to follow him on Twitter, at George Stoya. Stoya is spelled S-T-O-I-A. All right, Jack, I'll hand it over to you here for the uh, first question. You know, with 10 returning starters on this defense and a new defensive coordinator and Alex Grinch and one would think that this defense will be better next year. You know, it's going to be, I guess, a matter of how much better or whether it will be enough of an improvement to uh, sort of make up for the potential drop-off in offensive efficiency. You know, it's a difficult question right now, but uh, this long before the season starts, do you think it's reasonable to expect this defense to maybe be in like the top 50 and defensive S&P plus or whatever in 2019, or do you think they're another year away from uh, really being solid? If you would consider top 50 solid, but yeah, I mean, I think, well, yeah, top 50, I mean, with the type of offenses uh, Lincoln Riley keeps churning out, I think top 50 is enough to win a national championship in my opinion um, with, with this kind of offense. So uh, obviously that's where, where you want to get if you're Oklahoma. Um, Is it possible in year one? Yes. Uh, will it happen? I don't think so. I think they're going to be really close. Um, I'm predicting somewhere in the 50 to 65 range, somewhere in there, which I think will be really good. Uh, again, though, I, I don't know if that's enough. It, it, it probably depends on who's the quarterback, which I'm sure we will get into later. Um, but I, I think OU fans need to think realistically here. Uh, OU finished, I think, 112, 114th this year, or somewhere in that range. I don't know. It was really bad. Just really, really bad. Uh, so to make that kind of a leap in one year um, is a little unreasonable and unrealistic, but I will say I, I do think they're going to get really close because I think the Big 12 is going to be down next year. I think there's it's going to be very top-heavy. I think there's going to be uh, two teams, maybe three, uh, depending on who, who TCU can go get uh, for their quarterback, and then I also think Baylor might be pretty good, but I think OU and Texas are the clear uh, top two teams next year, and I think the rest of the Big 12 is going to be really, really rough. Uh, and so for that sake, I, I think, you know, OU's not going to be playing anybody that good. So they might be able to finish closer to 50. Um, but I just don't think OU fans need to get their hopes too high just because, yes, Alex Grinch is great and they're bringing back all these players. But to make a transition that quickly um, is going to be really tough. Now, I've said this before to other people, uh, OU fans – just need to be patient, like I keep saying, because I think the 2020 season and the 2021 season, and then, you know, for forever long, Lincoln stays after that, OU is going to be a top-tier program. And, and right now they are, but I'm talking, like, national championships, uh, and I, I would not be surprised at all if they win one in the next three years. Uh, and, and so they just need to be patient, because if they can keep Grinch, keep Riley, and keep doing what they're doing on the recruiting trail, this team is going to be damn good by 2020-2021. Yeah, and I mean, the blue-chip ratio for this team, I mean, it's not just on the plus side overall. I mean, the last few classes, I mean, you've had a uh, you've been on the right side of the blue-chip ratio on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, this, uh, I believe it's uh, 12 signees on the defensive side of the ball so far, and I think seven of them are uh, 
four or five star recruits or all four stars, I guess. So, I mean, that's a pretty good number for a, you know, a defensive unit that hasn't been doing well in recent years. So, I mean, that's obviously a sign that it could get a little bit better, at least from a pure talent standpoint. But, uh, Matt, what do you have to ask? Well, I, I was going to ask you on the subject of Alex Grinch, George, you wrote um, at OUDaily.com about him. Uh, in, in this quote you have in your tweet, he will exceed expectations or it kills him. I think that kind of tells people what he's about, but uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of insight about uh, Alex Grinch, the man. Yeah, he's he's a hard worker, and I think that that's what that quote kind of means, is, is he wants to do the best that he can do. He's all about doing his job. And that means that's what he wants his players to do. Everybody do their job. Um, and everybody talks about his scheme, which is unique. It's called the speed D. It's all about running to the ball um, and getting everybody to the ball because, you know, people miss tackles and you want to gang tackle and stuff like that. That's his emphasis is all effort. Uh, and so I think that's what you're going to see out of this guy. He's a hard ass. Um, he's not going to, you know, let players get away with slacking off. He's not going to let players get away with, you know, subtweeting people. Um, uh, if you know what I'm talking about a little bit, yeah, uh, he's, he's going to hold, yeah, he's going to hold players accountable. Um, and when talking to a couple Washington state players, um, you know, they talked a lot about how he's not always going to play the most talented, play the, the 11 players that are going to give the team the best chance to win. Um, so he's not going to look at stars, not going to look at any of that. He's going to play the guys that work their butt off in practice and that are going to give them the best shot to win the football game on Saturday. Um, and I think that's who Oklahoma needs right now. I think everybody can agree on that side of the ball. They need a culture change, attitude change. And I think Alex Grinch is the guy to do that. He's, he's someone that's, he's going to be really, really tough and he's going to make them work. I think that's what this team needs right now. They need everybody to come in and nobody, it does not matter what your name is on the back of the it does not matter. He, everybody's fighting for their jobs here in the spring, and I think Alex is going to make that clear. Now, speaking of the defensive side of the ball and Alex Grinch, uh, do you have any you know educated guesses or insight as to uh, how things are going to look as far as staff roles on the defensive side of the ball? Are you thinking maybe one linebacker coach or two linebacker coaches? I mean, will Grinch be the only defensive backs coach? Uh Will Ruffin be retained, do you think? What are you thinking there? So, I, I one, I think Ruffin's going to retire. Um, I think, I, I now, he's either going to retire or take some sort of, like, an analyst role um, where he's not technically a coach. So he's not one of those ten uh, assistants that they have. Um, the only coach that I would believe that is coming back on the defensive side of the ball is Thibodeau. Um, I think he he will stay because he's done such a good job on the recruiting trail the last two years. Um, and I think, again, he's only been here two years, so you can't judge him too much. And I think he's done a pretty good job, in my opinion. Uh, Kerry Cooks, I, up in the air right now, I would assume he's gone. Um, now, as for who they're bringing in for linebackers coach, because Tim Kish just retired, you know, Brian Odom was a name that I, I put out there immediately as a candidate. Uh, now, the football scoop, I believe, said that he is not – going to accept the job um i think that's still up in the air i I wouldn't completely put that out of the question another name is roy manning uh who i know they he coached with um uh grinch at at washington state and he's at ucla right now um he would be a great hire um as for i think what where the where the question is i think he's going to bring in two linebackers coaches i really do i think he's gonna have an inside and outside linebackers coach I think he's going to bring in um, – and then I think he's going to bring in another defensive line coach, and then he might just coach the secondary. That's what I would predict. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if he does bring on somebody like a Chip Viney to coach defensive backs with him or maybe just focus on corners. But I think he's going to be the primary secondary coach, and especially safeties, because um, that's his expertise. So I, I would, the names I would watch for are Chip Viney, Roy Manning, um, Brian Odom still. And I, I don't. I have not even looked into defensive line coaches yet, um, and I wouldn't be shocked if he just keeps Calvin there. If that's just that's, it's just going to be his solely. Um, and they might have a GA or, or a quality control coach come over and help with that. Um, but that's those are the names I've heard. Um, and again, I probably gave no insight there because that's what everybody's heard. Um, but Chip Viney, Roy Manning, and Brian Odom are the guys that I would keep an eye on. 
You should have just said Jerry Montgomery just to troll every OU fan. That would have uh, really moved the needle there. But uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. As much as uh, a lot of people keep bringing up his name as someone who they'd like to bring back to Oklahoma. But I mean, I with him, you know, spurning OU a while back and then spurning A&M at the 11th hour or more like the 13th hour because he had already been hired. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, for months I've been uh, – clinging to this hot take slash conspiracy theory regarding Kyler Murray, basically just uh, holding the thought that maybe he was keeping this whole football thing in play just to sort of, uh, I guess, build up his personal brand over the coming months or something like that and end up maybe just playing baseball along. But uh, obviously things are pointing in a different direction at this point, so... At this point, do you think there's any chance that I will not be eating crow? Yeah, no, he's playing football, man. Yep. There uh, go. This kid, this kid. There we go. This kid, everybody I've talked to is football. I mean, this kid, he obviously loves football. And it, it, it's funny, all, all directions pointed towards this the whole time. I think we just all didn't believe it. I think it was always, you know, he was the number nine overall pick. Why would he play football? <laughs> But, I mean, why would he even come back and play college football? He put his whole career, baseball, NFL, everything, on the line this year. He bet on himself in this one season so he could go to the NFL. All signs pointed to this all year. And I think not too many people, maybe himself is the only one, maybe his dad as well, and Scott Boris or whoever, knew this was going to happen. I mean, no one else – I mean, if you would have told me back in June – this dude was going to win the Heisman Trophy, I would have laughed. I would have said, well, yeah, yeah, right, maybe Rodney Anderson. But Kyler Murray's not winning the Heisman Trophy. He's not going to be you know, considered maybe a number one overall pick. That I don't know, that's been floating, floating out there today. I mean, that's wild. I mean, I don't think anybody could have predicted this, and except for, you know, again, Kyler probably did. He bet on himself for this, but he loves football. I think it's always been his first love. He could sit there and say, you know, any year that you know baseball's a priority and that that's what he's going to do. Uh, he's full of BS. Uh, he's he's going to play football. He's going to go to the NFL draft, and he's going to make a ton of money doing it. Uh, and I think he's still going to, and I don't know if it's going to be this year or down the road. I think at some point in his career, he's going to try to do both professionally. Um, and I don't know how he's going to pull it off, but I, I believe that's always been the dream, and the goal is to try and be a Bo Jackson, a Deion Sanders, or somebody like that. Uh, I think he thinks he can do it. And right now I wouldn't put it out of the question because every time I've said he can't do something, he does it. So uh, I, I'm not surprised by this. I know there was a lot of rumblings that he was going to come back to OU. And even at one point I was like, holy crap, he might come back. Um, but I think that was all just speculation and, and everybody building up hope um, that he would maybe consider coming back. Um, but obviously I think this is the right choice for him. Um, and I think it's the choice that he's always, that he was always going to choose. And I think a lot of people, at least national media, that, that haven't talked to him as much are surprised by this, but they shouldn't be because he told us all along this is what he was going to do. Yeah, so it's become, yeah, at least to me, readily apparent that he's just going to do whatever makes him happy or fulfills him in life. And, I mean, uh, how can right. you blame him? I mean, uh, that personally offends me, actually. I hate <laughs> to see him do what he wants. I don't want to see him get anything in life. No, I mean, it, obviously it, being it's been, you know months and months and months of people chiming in on what the uh, most prudent thing of him to do would be. But, I mean, it only matters to a certain extent. I mean, he's if he has more passion for the sport of football, then obviously that option is in front of him. And he's, hell, he can make nearly $100 million in football with a quarterback contract before he could maybe even get to the major leagues out of the, uh, you know, the A's farm system. So, I mean, it, it seems like a, it also seems like the practical approach at this point, don't you think? Well, yeah. And here's the thing is like, I think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I think I really so do. too. Yeah. I mean, some of those throws, I mean, the, the throw he made to Charleston Rambo in the orange bowl. I mean, there's, there's probably, you know, 10 people that can do that in this world. I mean, that's, that was incredible. Uh, and so he's making those type of, you know, there's one against Texas Tech down the sideline that I was just like, holy crap. You know, there's times last year when Baker would do that stuff and you're just shaking your head. And, and that's, that's who Kyler is. And he's got the arm. And you look at the way the NFL's going right now with all these 
coaches that have these great offensive minds. You look at Russell Wilson. You look at the what Baker did this year, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he it's all set up for him to be a great NFL quarterback. And 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 I understand the A's are upset, um, and, and rightfully so. I, I understand that. But they knew this going in. They knew this was a risk. Uh, I don't think they ever predicted it'd be like this. But you can't blame the kid for you know going out and just having an incredible season, winning the Heisman Trophy, and now has a chance to be a first round pick in the NFL. I mean, you can't you can't blame the kid for wanting to go do that. And so uh, it just makes me it makes me sick when I see people. I can't remember who it was. Somebody uh, for the A's was some fan for the A's was all pissed off, and I was just like, yeah, I'm like. It's, it's that was Tyler actually Murray, that was him, yeah that was actually uh, that was an SB Nation writer and she actually got fired today for the record so I'm glad that that happened. Uh, oh wow. I, d- I didn't want to be associated with her anymore so I'm glad they did the right thing. I, I woke up just completely beside myself when I saw that so I'm uh, well, glad the higher ups happy. made that move. How no. dare he get what he wants? Yeah, I mean, holy hell, that was. But now Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant makes a personal decision, screw <laughs> it. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler, go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely, so. yeah. But uh, moving on to other quarterback talk, you know, Jalen Hurts, he's in the transfer portal, which uh, that's the coolest term of the offseason, by the way, is the transfer portal. Matt, can we put in like a, a soundbite of some sort every time we uh, I actually got say Neil, transfer portal? I've actually got Neil deGrasse Tyson on the line. Oh, he, He's going to show shit. us what the transfer, transfer portal looks like. Oh, man. Oh yeah, that's that. Oh yeah, absolutely. We we should bring him into it. We can't Carl Sagan too. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Anyway, maybe some sort of Star <laughs> Trek shit that I don't know about. I don't know. I'm not a Star Trek person, but that sounds Star Trekish. I don't know. But uh, anyway, back to the uh, question. Uh, I think it would be fantastic on Oklahoma's end to land him. It would be a good thing for Jalen Hurts. It would seem. Uh, do you see any way in which that wouldn't be beneficial to all parties not named Austin Kendall? Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be great. Uh, one, because I think Jalen's just a stand-up uh, guy. Um, I think he'd be great for the locker room. I think he's a leader. Um, the way he's handled this whole situation at Alabama, um, I think, has been incredible. Uh, there's not too many kids that, you know, 22-year-old kids that would be able to do that. Uh, and he's a winner. I think he's 26-2 and two as a starter. Uh, he's won a national championship, I believe. I mean, the kid's the kid's pretty good. Um, and now he's not the best thrower. He's not the most accurate. He's not uh, great on the deep ball. But you put him in an offense um, where he's handing the ball to Trent Thurman, Kennedy Brooks, and he's throwing it out. Ceedee Lamb, you know, Theo Wees, all those five-star guys, Trajan Bridges. Um, the list just goes on and on. Uh, he's probably going to excel. Uh, is he going to win the Heisman Trophy? Probably not. Um, but I didn't think Kyler would either. So, I mean, I think you bring in a kid like that that has so much experience um, on a national you know, level um, for a national program like Alabama. I mean, how could that be a bad thing? Of course, yes, it sucks for Austin Kendall, um, who I – I mean, it, I think Austin's a good kid. If he, just, he just hit, like, the jackpot of quarterbacks at OU um, in a time that, you know, Lincoln is just taking – and I know Lincoln recruited him as one of the first kids he recruited. And I don't think Lincoln could tell you that he was expecting Baker one to get that, that extra year or for, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to just transfer into Norman. Um, so I feel bad for Austin in that sense. Um, but when you're looking at it as a, as big picture, I think Oklahoma would rather have Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. Um, and he could also be a guy that mentors Spencer Rattler for a year. Um, you don't have to throw him into the fire, which I think is what would happen if uh, they didn't get a transfer quarterback. Um, and so I think this would work out for everybody. Spencer Rattler, Lincoln Riley, um, the, and just the entire team. I, I think you're looking at another Big 12 championship and maybe a national title run with a guy like Jalen Hurts um, at quarterback. And now, yeah, like you said with Kendall, I mean, all due respect to him, but I feel like Riley has had a, t- a taste of the, uh, I guess, the mobile or at least quarterbacks who are proficient at scrambling and I don't feel like he's ever turning back. Do you get that sense too? I mean, why would he? I mean, Boston Kendall. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to go back to the, uh, any quarterback who lacks mobility. That's just one less thing he can do with his offense. I mean, right. 
Right, and here's the thing: is like what makes Lincoln so good is it, his yes, his, his schemes and offensive play calling is just incredible. But he does a great job of fitting who he has. Uh, so if Austin ends up being the quarterback, I I don't expect OU's offense to drop out of the top ten like in total offense. But they're probably not going to be the best in the country. Which, with you know who who knows how good the defense is, it needs to be up there in the top you know three. Um, and so I, I think, and, and I don't know how, I just don't know how good Austin is down the stretch. You know, you saw a look in Baker's eye, you saw a look in Kyler's eye. That's like we're going to win this football game. I'm going to make sure we do it. And I don't know if Austin Kendall has that. And I, I think Jalen Hurts does. I, I mean, I know he struggled in that national championship game a year ago, but you look at his track record, and he's a pretty damn good quarterback. Um, it, I don't want to knock on Austin Kendall. I have no idea, um, but, but I do think that plays a role in it. And I think it's, it's also true. You, you mentioned the uh, mobility. Definitely. I mean, you look at what Kyler, what did Kyler, did Kyler run for a thousand yards this year? He, I mean, that's incredible. He, yeah. He barely reached it. I think. And, and you, th- this is where it gets, it gets fun and confusing is I think Tanner Mordecai uh, is yeah, more mobile exactly. than Austin Kindle. Oh, absolutely. Think, yeah. I also He's... think Tanner Mordecai, I think Tanner may have a better ball. Uh, than Austin, so I wouldn't be shocked if Tanner ends up beating Austin out uh, this spring. I, w- I would not be shocked at all, because um, I think he's a good player. I mean, he's I think he threw for just uh, I mean four or five thousand yards in high school. He had a great senior um, year, just yeah. A, a ton of touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he just was unbelievable. So I would not be shocked if Mordecai can beat Kendall out, and that's what makes me think uh, Austin. Unless they br- if they bring in a quarterback, he's going to transfer. I think immediately. Um, now if if they don't bring one in, I think he'll go through the spring and then transfer. I really do because I, then I think he'll kind of realize, oh, shoot, I can't even beat out Tanner Mordecai uh, and look at this five-star Spencer Rattler that's coming in right behind him. Uh, yeah. and so I think he'll, he'll, he'll move on. Yeah, Mordecai's got a bit of Baker in him. That's another thing I like about right. him. That's why I wouldn't really rule out Tanner Mordecai at all. I mean, he's had a, a year under his belt as well. So, I mean, obviously uh, Rattler doesn't have uh, that going for him. And, yeah, like you said, he's got a little bit of – more to work with talent-wise than Austin Kendall. Matt, do you have something? Uh, one more point before we move on here. I would be very intrigued. Like, on one hand, I don't think that Jalen Hurts would come to Oklahoma without some sort of assurance that he is going to at least be in heavy consideration of the starter, right? He'd, on he'd on, on the, the job, other hand, yeah. Lincoln Riley, I mean, I don't see Lincoln Riley just giving him the carte blanche being like, yeah, you're automatically the starter. I mean, we could. Theoretically, Jalen Hurts comes here gets beat out by Spencer Rattler or even Tanner Mordecai or even Austin Kendall, although we don't all three of us don't think that that's going to happen. That would be a very interesting situation. Yeah, I think I think if Jalen were to come, he would have a promise from Lincoln to be the starter. And I think what well, I think Spencer, the sense I get from from Rattler and I've not ever talked to him from, from but from the times I've I've seen him talk, he seems very mature. And I think if Lincoln came to him and said, hey, we're bringing in Jalen Hurts. He's going to lead the team this year, and I want you to sit and watch. And I think Spencer would accept that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he would also tell him, hey, be ready. But I think he would also – I think he would redshirt him, and Tanner Mordecai would be the backup. And I, I think if Jalen comes, I think it's it's just assumed. And then all of a sudden Tanner Mordecai becomes basically the Austin Kindle uh, and then gets beat out the next year. Uh, you know, he's basically Kyler Murray this year. Sorry, I'm getting off track here. But, no, I'm no just you're imagine- completely right. Yeah. I'm just imagining a situation in which – you know the assurance is made, and then all of a sudden, I mean, Mordecai is out playing Hertz in a you know a quarterback battle. I, I don't mean, would Lincoln that Riley really? Yeah, I, 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 crazier crazier things have happened in college football. I suppose, but yeah. I, I, anyways, that was, that, was my, imagine, uh, but... that was my that was my little uh, pipe dream there. Okay, well, anyway, let's move on to this 2019 recruiting class. You know, Radler and his future targets. You know, they deservedly get a ton of attention. There's a lot of those guys who are gonna make immediate impacts, but uh, outside of those five guys, you know, Rattler, Weeze, Bridges, Hazelwood, and Stogner, uh, which guys intrigue you the most? You know, which individual, I would say, uh, intrigues you the most? Man, there's a lot, uh, because it, you mentioned those guys, obviously, and everybody wants to point towards towards them, um, but you look at the defensive side of the ball, some of the guys they're bringing in, uh, you look at a Woody Washington I think he's a guy that can contribute right away, um, especially at the position he plays. Um, I mean, they're struggling there. Everybody knows that. Uh, and then you also look at Jaden Davis, Jamal Morris, uh, you know, Jeremiah Cordell. I think Cordell is a guy that may 
start, you know, August 31st next year. Um, cause they are, I mean, OU is struggling at safety. You guys Big know time. that. Um, and he's a physical guy. He's not going to be afraid to tackle somebody. Um, and he's a ball hawk too. So I think he, I think Jeremiah Cordell, Woody Washington are two guys on the defensive side of the ball. Um, at least in the secondary up front, obviously Marcus Stripling, um, being able to flip him was huge. I think he's a guy that can contribute right away. Um, you also, the guys that I always, I, I always point out every year are the Juco guys. So like a, a LeBron Stokes, um, because those guys always, I feel like have a little extra to prove. I mean, you have all these young guys, of course they have four years ahead of themselves. Um, they're five stars, four stars, whatever they are, highly recruited. But you have these guys that went the Juco route, worked their butt off to get to OU and they've got, you know, two years to prove it and try and get to the league. Um, you, those guys usually work hard. Um, and they've also, you know, usually have played some pretty tough competition in Juco. So a guy like Laurent Stokes, I bet he can come in right away and contribute. Um, I think you're going to see them rotate a lot more up there this year. I think, I think Ronnie, Ronnie Perkins obviously had to play a lot because he was one of their only playmakers out there on the edge, but you can put in now a, a Laurent Stokes out there. Um, and then the other guy on the offensive side of the ball, I can't remember. Is it Stevenson? Ramondre Stevenson? Yeah. Running probably, back. Yeah. I hope I didn't, uh, botch that. I think you got it. Yeah. Name, but he's the other Juco kid. Um, I think he's a Juco kid. Yeah, he's yeah. a Juco kid. He's from, I think, somewhere in California. I don't know. Well, yeah, but originally he, from Vegas and played Juco in California, or the other way around. It's one of those two. But Right. I, I don't know how much he's going to contribute, but again, he's a Juco kid. He doesn't have much time. Um, you know, I think somebody like Marcelli Sutton last year would have helped this team at times this year, um, you know, after he got hurt. Uh, so I think he could come in and, and see some carries, even with Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon, and again, it seems like every year one of those guys go down, and hopefully that's not the case because you never want to see a kid get injured. But in case one of those guys go down, um, I don't know if Marcus Major is going to be there yet. Uh, I don't know how we haven't seen much of TJ Pledger. I want to see more of him, but I, I think Stevenson's a guy that could come in and even play a little bit some next year. Uh, but there's just so much talent, and they they recruited the hell out of uh, these defensive ends. I mean, Corey Roberson, Derek Green. Well, Derek Green's a defensive tackle, but you know they they just they have a lot of guys. I mean, I could go through the whole list here um, and, you know, every, talk something good about every single one. Um, but if I had, to, I guess if I had to pick one guy that's going to stand out next year and last year, of course I picked Buki and he sucked. So um, this may, I hope this is not bad juju on whoever it is. Uh, Jeremiah Cordell is probably who I would roll with. I think he's a guy that can really, really help the secondary um, physical and, uh, and, and can make, make a play on the ball. Now, George, the uh, it's still the winter break in Norman, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, what is your favorite campus corner bar to frequent during the winter break? Oh, that's tough because I've not been much here during winter break. I, I've been up here this week um, about three or four days, and then I was up here um, a little bit earlier around the, around the bowl game. Um, but I was here one summer, and it's kind of like that because kids are so there's some kids here taking intercession courses um logies i'm pretty sure the there's a dead body in logies um, yes. now i know they're renovating it right now um uh, they're renovating it right now and they're building it upstairs like a like a rooftop type deal uh so i bet Logies. wait really good. yeah but of course it wouldn't be great in the winter because it's no cold but out, still but that's uh that place needs more space so I it mean, does uh... and, and so i don't know what they're doing to it it's not going to be open until i want to say like may april or may uh they're okay. completely redoing it uh but sevens is okay sevens i feel like the people that like it's always the same people at sevens yes. like it's just always the same people and they're always like super attractive it's and, been the like, same way since i was in school yeah i mean it's i mean like i feel like i i feel like i don't belong there because the people are there just way too attractive for me <laughs> um so i would probably have to i mean kong's is okay kong's is a little too when I was young, I would love to go to like brothers. And so like Kong's oh, death would be brothers. my style when I was like 19, like Kong's was like, Kong's would be like the place to go because it's just always like fist pumping, like, you know, shots, like all that stuff. So now I have to say, like, I'm getting older. I like to just chill and have a nice beer, um, or have like a rocket. So I have to go with Ocon's. Ocon's is my place. I, I can sit down in a booth and if I, 
I want to go dance, I can go dance on the stage. If I want to sing karaoke on Wednesday night, I can sing karaoke. If I want to do trivia on Thursday night, I can do trivia. Or if I just want to, you know, chill and have a beer on Saturday night and kind of walk around Campus Corner and stuff, Ocons. Ocons is the place to go. Now, of course, I have to throw in Diamond Dogs. Uh, it's not really a bar, go. but you got to go to Diamond Dogs. Uh, Are they your official you sponsor at this point? Yes. Uh, they have, they, they, like, half the time, and hopefully they're not listening because I don't want a ton of people to know. Well, I'm about to say it anyways. I don't really care. They, mean, they give me free food a lot of times, man. Like, they <laughs> give me free food and drinks. Like, I'll just walk in at, like, 1 a.m. They're like, George, Wonder Boy. And I'm like, yep, that's what I got. And I'll yes, just sit sir. my table over in the corner and, and enjoy my Wonder Boy. I'm like a, I'm like a celebrity there. Every, I mean, I walk in and they've got, like, a throne for me. So I've got to give Diamond Dog a shout-out, too. You're not like a celebrity, George. You are a celebrity there. I know. It's funny. We this Another inside tidbit. At the OU Daily in our newsroom, uh, we all picked our celebrity crushes and, and uh, put them on our desk, and I just printed a picture of myself. <laughs> that is the least surprising thing I've heard from you in this interview, George. <laughs> hey, you gotta you gotta be confident in yourself. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. Now switching back to football, just for fun, obviously because it is January. Who are your preseason picks for the college football playoff? Man, this is tough. Um, the pre-preseason, really if you will. Uh, you you got to go with Clemson yeah. and Alabama. Yep. I mean, I, I think that's that's clear. Uh, I think Clemson might win the next, you know, two national titles with Trevor Lawrence. He's on. He's incredible. Uh, obviously, the Tide. So Clemson, Alabama. You know, I want to say Oklahoma. It's just really tough not knowing the quarterback. I I, I think they're going to land somebody, and even if they don't, I I'm looking at their schedule. It just lines up nicely. Uh, for them to be able to make a run, I, the only team I see getting really in their way is Texas. Um, and that game is so Texas is losing a ton, though. I mean, they, they on are, defense. but they're I mean, just. It's... I mean, that was impressive against yeah. Georgia. That it was, was yeah. But I think a lot of people are going to pick them to be favorites. In the I think they year. will. Yeah, I think that's just sort I mean, of I, natural. I just, but... You look at their schedule, and I can't think of anybody else in the Big Twelve um, that can beat them. I, I no. really don't. Uh, I think Baylor will be tough in Waco. Um, I think TCU, depending on who they – I mean, they could get Jalen Hurts. Uh, that could be a tough game. But other than that, uh, their schedule is not that difficult. Uh, UCLA is not going to be any good. I don't think – you know, I think Dana Holgerson will be good in a couple years, but he's you know, coming to Norman and your first home opener is going to be tough. So I'm going to pick Oklahoma. So you have those – I, I am going to – I don't know how, but they're going to somehow make it, I think, because um, they just – you know, they seem to be on a roll right now. I think they win the Big 12. Um, and they could possibly run the table. And then it gets tricky. I, I think uh, this fourth team here, there's a few teams. You, you look at Michigan. I think Michigan's going to be good. Um, you look at Ohio State. If Justin Fields can be, uh, you know, uh, I think he can be eligible. I'm not really sure how that's played out He yet. theoretically can. I don't know what cause he has here specifically, but – He's going to have some sort of angle. I think I, they've already... Tate Martell showed up in the transfer database, so I yeah, think that's yeah. a pretty good sign that Fields right. is going to be, be starting. Uh, yeah. I, I think the Big Ten's going to beat itself up again. I look at a team like Oregon, and I think that's a crazy... I think I'm about to say something really crazy here, <laughs> but I think Oregon is a team that the Pac-12 is not very good. One, I believe they have that quarterback back. He did, uh, yeah. He's coming back. Herbert or whatever. Yeah. And they play um, good defense now. So, I mean, they it's, do. you know, it's... I think and they had a great a recruiting coach. class, too. So, I mean, there's they've been recruiting pretty well lately. So, I mean, I, I they, they've go got a better Washington. shot than Washington, I'd say. I mean, because Washington's losing Browning. It's not like Browning was that good. But, I mean, still, they're replacing a quarterback. So, that's I, something. I think I'm going to go with Oregon. I don't know. What's their non, non-conference schedule? Uh, like. They play, uh, I believe they play Auburn at Jerry World. I think. Oh, well, that's Maybe that's next year. But also, I, Auburn's I'm, not any good. They're not. So, I'm going to go with Oregon. What the hell? I mean, I picked the three like most obvious teams in the world first. So I'll go with uh, some random dark horse. I'll, I'll throw Oregon in there. So those are my teams. Alabama, Clemson, OU, and Oregon. I like it. There you go. Matt, do you have anything? George, what's wrong with the Thunder? Fix them for me. What's wrong with it? I think people need to again. You got to be patient. Uh, I think one, you got to get Alex Sabrinas back. I, I don't know what's up with that situation, but he's a guy that can really help. I, I know it's just one guy, and it's Alex Sabrinas, but uh, their three-point shooting has not been great. 
Uh, Russell Westbrook has got to wake the hell up. I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. Got to get his mind right. Um, I mean, he's, it's it's he's ridiculous. Playing terrible. It's because he had twins. Uh, he shouldn't have had twins. <laughs> there uh, you go. That's what I'm going to blame it on. So I, I don't know. I think they they got to get to the All Star break. Um, but if they, as long as they finish, I think they should finish a, as you know the two, three, or four seed. Um, as long as they finish somewhere in there. I think they'll be just fine. I think they're going to make the Western Conference Finals unless they end up with a matchup with the Warriors uh, uh, in the second round. Uh, I think they're going to make the Western Conference Finals. So as long as they keep doing that, Paul George is playing great right now. So if he can keep that up, and then if Russ can just turn on at some point, which he, he will, I think he really will, um, then I think they'll be just fine. And then they got to get Abrinas back. And they just got to stay healthy. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing in the NBA. You just got to stay healthy. Yeah, unfortunately, there's nothing you can really do about that last thing. Exactly. It's just a so, matter of luck. So, like, no, no, I, well, like, that, that sucked the other night. That was scary. It did, yeah. That I, was terrifying. I, could, I could hear it from my seat. It was uh, disturbing. But um, they caught another break there with a injury that looked horrific. Now it's looking like something that's going to keep him out for like two weeks, kind of like it was with Diallo. We thought he had a broken leg that would keep him out for more than a year or something like and that. With and the way it's... the NBA is, I mean, uh, just to uh, peel back the kimono a little bit, we're recording like 30 minutes before the Thunder play <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. on Thursday night. They could beat the Spurs by like double digits tonight, and people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? This team's going to the yeah. championships. So. Thank you for That's adding that. So... Yeah, they told that exactly, That is in a nutshell. So our, unless you got anything else, Jack? I'm good. All right, George, uh, appreciate your time. Great stuff. We've gone uh, plenty long tonight with you, so appreciate your time. Uh, go follow George on Twitter at George Stoya. Stoya spelled S-T-O-I-A. You definitely won't regret that. Look for his stuff at OUDaily.com. He does a great job covering the team up and down. Uh, George, appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, thanks man. man. Again, a big thank you to George Stoya. Always great having him on the podcast. I think it's twice now. Right? That's the second time, yeah. Twice now we've there had George on. There will be a on. third time. He's very good. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, very amenable. Love having him on. Love hearing him on the uh, radio station franchise as well. Uh, that I work at, too. So Any friend of uh, Diamond Dogs is a friend of mine, so. Certainly. That's, uh, man, there are, look, I am, I feel a little bit old for Campus Corner. Like, I still oh, live yeah. in Norman. I, I feel only a go to Campus Corner after Campus OU Corner. football games. But, so. uh, or if I'm going to the deli or something like damn that. Damn if I don't love going to that place when I am drunk as hell. Yep. That's all I'll say. So, Absolutely. Uh, we've been talking about OU football aplenty. Time to get into some OU basketball. Still uh, still churning along. they got a big matchup against uh, TCU, number 25 TCU. Is that in Norman or is that in It's T- in Norman, yeah. Okay, yeah, so. yeah, no rest for the weary there. I mean, TCU, they lost to Kansas the other night, but that's a really good basketball team. Jamie Dixon, team, so, yeah. anytime oh, you go yeah. up against him, it's going to be a tough match. Yeah, he's matchup. fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a it's gonna be a dogfight. I mean, but, I mean, this uh, – OU team is built to win those, so I mean it's they didn't quite come through in Lawrence, which obviously that's can't really not an unforgivable that, yeah. sin. And uh, then you know some things didn't go your way in Lubbock, but you did put up a hell of a fight. So you know you you could definitely get them back when they come to Norman. So, but I mean you've sort of got to hold serve at home in the Big Twelve. So it's a very critical game. So I mean it. I, I expect it to be a close one. I'd expect it to definitely be a single-digit affair. But uh, I love these Saturday at 1 p.m. matchups more than anything else. These matinee basketball matchups. Are I don't like mind it for ever. basketball so much. It's it's a little different. I mean, it's you're usually not tailgating for basketball. I've, I've done it before, which is cool. But, like, uh, yeah, it's not uh, – you don't really treat OU basketball as an all-day affair. Maybe you should, but – it's not typically the case. So. Yeah, not not like it is for OU football. That is no. for sure. Maybe at another a different school like Kansas. Is that how, is that how it is? Yeah, there? it does at Kansas. Yeah, and I mean when I was a student, I mean we used to for a Saturday night game we kind of pregame all day and all that. But uh, when you're 30, it's a little different for OU basketball. But uh, oh well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not 30 yet though. I turned 30 this weekend, so no, quite get to call myself a 30 year old yet. But next time I'll be 30. There you go. So, uh, OU basketball, still turning along. Long Cougar, still doing his yeah. thing. Still doing the damn thing. 
I would say that they've doing had the damn a, thing at a high level. I love Long yeah, Kruger. They have way overachieved this season, and that yeah. is no knock on, on on that team at all. I mean, they have some good players, but yeah. Big Twelve is tough. Yeah, it, it is. It is very very hard. There's some great basketball players. So good on Long Kruger. Good on good on the Sooners uh, for that. Definitely, we'll see them in the NCAA tournament. I hope they. It's yeah. Seems much more likely than not at this point. They, they hope they can perform well there. Um, and one one last thing. Uh, going back to OU football, because that's what uh, everything revolves around, it seems. Uh, I We asked this question to George earlier. Jack, I wanted to get your take on this. The 2019 class coming up, a couple names that you in particular are, are excited about. I don't know if this is necessarily uh, an immediate impact situation, but it certainly could be in the secondary. But uh, I think you mentioned Jeremiah, and I'm going to go with Jaden Davis, just because he's... At the opening and then with the Under Armour uh, game, he's he's just clearly such a gamer, and that's always been his critique, like his positive critique, is that he's just someone who shows up in games and makes plays. He's not necessarily the most uh, physically gifted defensive back, and that's not a knock on his athleticism, but he's not maybe as athletic as some of the guys who are you know ranked ahead of him, but he's he can make plays and compete for the ball as well as anyone in his class, supposedly. So he's so that one defense who, needs to. Yeah, I mean, someone it's who... Just a, a straight-up football player. Someone who, uh, yeah. That's how my, my co-worker He looks around Mays. for the ball, so that's obviously yeah. a uh, refreshing sign. So. My co-worker Sam Mays would put it. Just need football players. No more athletes. No more looking well, you, at, you at numbers and all you that. You should start. have a lot of both. I mean, you no, if you want to compete with the uh, Bamas and Clemson of, of the world. You uh, you need those athletes too. But it's uh, part it's part and parcel. But they need dudes who who make plays. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. He's uh, and he definitely uh seems to have playmaking in his DNA. So uh, he's one that intrigues me a lot. Jaden Davis. There we go. All right. So uh, is that gonna do it? Yeah. All right. I think that is going to do it for us. Crimson and Cream Machine podcast, of course, uh, we'll keep coming to you uh, through the off season and until OU football comes on or comes back. Uh, it'll be here before you know it. It always seems that way. So, Jack, good stuff. Uh, again, shout out to our friend George Stoya for coming on. I'm Matt Rabus. Thank you so much for listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown.